Hi, this is Jack McGee. Pay attention. This is Vicki Abelson's The Road Taken. Howdy there. Good evening and welcome to Vicki Abelson's The Road Taken. I would be Vicki Abelson and this is my lovely sidekick. We so need a better name for this, but this is Louise Palanker. Please write in if you have ideas for a better name. <laughs> Write in? Yeah, I guess they can't call. Well, they can't. They can type it in. They could type it in. Yeah. I don't know who they're going to send it to. Send it to. Send it to me. Um, and we've switched seats this week, uh, right. so that we can we I can look at my the good side. other sidekick. <laughs> the other. She's the sidekick on the other side. Um, okay, so what I want to talk about tonight, Louise? Yes. Um, but first, I want to introduce Brant and Jake. Brant and Jake, yes. everybody. My new Brand, favorites. Yes, they are. And, you know, we can always see them because they, they put their hands in Well, this. they're very dashing. So I, I found that last week we were giddier than normal and giggling more. And I, I find that when mm. I listen and watch podcasts and the hosts are giggling, I, I don't like it. So, um, but I'm so joyful being here with you. Well, I'm very deadpan. And so, I, fr <laughs> frankly, I'm outraged that okay. I've been accused of being giggly. Okay. So, so joy. So I was trying to find my joy. I, uh, Jeremy, my life coach, challenged me to find my joy because I was having kind of a rough week. Did he do this while tickling you? He did not. He was on the other uh -huh. side of the phone. And so I, I, he tasked me to lay down and to think of something that made me feel joyful and then feel the feeling and turn my mood around. And what happened was, you know, he said, like, think of something that really made you happy or something. And so I s thought of, like, the last guy I had, like, a really passionate kiss with. But then I, like, played the tape forward to when he pissed me off and I wasn't joyful anymore. Wow. And so then I started thinking of all this stuff that would normally make me joyful and it wasn't making me joyful. This is a treacherous exercise. It is. So what ended up happening is that I, um, on Sunday night, by complete accident mm -hmm. I found my first boyfriend he was my boyfriend he was my boyfriend when I was four until I was ten you have never not been dating except for the last six years this <laughs> is what's so tragic four <laughs> yes I four. did I always had a boyfriend until I you know like you had an ex at ten I, I had an ex at <laughs> ten <laughs> I did do you understand not only, not only did I have an ex <laughs> okay but Andy Helfman, which is his name, okay. reminded me, hi Andy, he, he reminded me that the camp director married us at the totem pole. Oh my, this is So this is actually my first serious. husband. So yes. now I really have three. So how's Andy? So Andy is fantastic. Yeah. So Andy is uh, a GM of a car dealership in Poughkeepsie. He has six kids. Perfect. He's a widower. Uh -huh. um, That's sad. We have not seen each other. Uh -huh. Okay, ready for this? Because I'm older than dirt. Our romance ended 51 years ago. I saw him once. Uh, he claims twice. I saw him when I was 15. He happened into the McDonald's I was working at in Queens, on Queens Boulevard. And um, But he said he, ha he, he came back to my house with romance on his mind at the time because now I was 15 and he wow. was 17, but I had a boyfriend. Oh, ah. dash. But I did get my first kiss from Andy Huffman behind the, you know, it wasn't one of a real, like it wasn't the real kind of kiss, but it was a kiss. At, at four? 
no, it was more like 10. Oh, okay. And I really, cov- I had a big crush on him, like all through. And what was so crazy is I have, it was in the Catskill Mountains. My father was a, a singer and a master of ceremonies mm-hmm. in uh, the Borscht Belt. Mm-hmm. And his grandfather was the band leader that used to play for my father. Cool. And I have one picture of me on the stage at the Plaza Hotel. And it is me in front of the piano. And I found it the other night. And in the back, his grandfather's name, Willie Rubenbaum Orchestra, is on the back of the wow. picture. So, and Andy claims that he has a picture of um, me on stage crying at like four years old and he is kissing me and I'm crying. So he, he's he's on vacation right now, but when he gets home, he'll find the picture and send it to me. But what's so great about this is we share memories that the only people in the world that share these memories are he and I, my brother and his sister Rhonda, my brother Jan. Wow. We share these same memories. Like we remember salamander hunting and playing Ring Alivio and, and Color War and all this stuff for all of these summers. And that, those are precious memories. And you know what that is right there, Louise? Joy. That is joy. And so now when I do that exercise, I have something oh, to good. feel joyful about. Good. And it fills me with such it's 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 it's, it's a heady fam- we, we when we first found each other when i found him on facebook we we texted back me- facebook messaged for about 2 hours and then he called me from facebook message and we talked on the phone for no- till it was 4 in the morning for him back east wow and um we've been in touch since and it's just uh, he got back in touch with my brother they were in camp together they had the same counselor can we have him on the show that would be really fun. Yeah. That would be really fun. I'm going to see him when I go back to New York at the end of the summer. Okay. And uh, in fact, I want to talk to Brandon, find out if we can go live from New York <gasps> while I'm there. Um, we'll see. But, you know, anyway, what I wanted to do tonight, which I, I don't think I remembered to do last week because it was, or the last time we were on, which was two weeks ago, was um, I um, didn't think that people that really are instrumental in my joy happiness and growth and who support me and one of the oh god we only have two two minutes and i have to bring and all those people of service to me and i don't have time to talk about them pretend you just won an award you can do this go so you know i can't thank them all because i want to talk about jack for a second oh jack yes they are of service to me and jack mcgee our guest tonight incredible service to me um when you book the big rock boys they tend to cancel at the last minute, which mm-hmm. is what happened. And I reached out to Jack, and I got a yes like that, mm-hmm. and he shows up, and the man is of service. He's also one of the most extraordinary actors, one of my favorite actors from my, one of my favorite shows ever of all time, Rescue Me, which we'll talk about when he comes out here. Jack was in Crash. He was a regular on NYPD Blue. He's in Moneyball. He was in The Fighter. Um, he was on the McCarthy's Irregular Law and Order Special Victims Unit. He's been on like for like seven years, nine years. Um, he's current. The Fox's Pitch. He's got three shows in post production right now. The man where he's on, Ma, he was on Mom recently. Bones. The man is always working, always amazing, and I'm so excited. And I had him come to Women Who Write. I don't know if you were there. And he wrote a piece, and he read it the first time he ever wrote a piece, and he read it. We were crying, we were laughing, and that's the thing. This guy is as a Adept at comedy as he is at drama, and he's just so versatile and amazing. And he's a Bronx boy, I, and I'm a Bronx girl, and I love it. And we have what to talk about. We're gonna have so much fun with him. And the people that are of service to me, besides Louise and Brant, my producer, and Mike Zinna, who hosts the network, and my life coach Jeremy, and my sponsor Craig, and and L, and Louise, and, and Linda, and Penny, and. Um, Emmy and um, all these people and DJ and I have and Rick Smolke incredible people in my life who I'm just so very grateful for and I'm so happy to be here and I'm so glad you're here with us and um, so we are going to take a little 
commercial break, and we'll be right back with Jack McGee. Yes. back with Jack McGee. How did he get here? Yay! I don't know, but we love Jack so McGee. So excited. Everybody in the world on Facebook asked me to say hello to you, Jack. Wow, my goodness. How's so great? I'm giving you a hug from, from Jim Beaver. Mm. 
and, uh, and 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 Benny Land wanted me to say hello to you. Okay, great. Um, I went to add no it women. Up. So all right, wait. I'm looking at my Just list. I, I have <laughs> I have a list. Okay, there's a guy named shout I don't outs. Know. I, we're doing shout outs. Uh, okay, um, hmm. I can't find his name. Well, anyway, some guy wanted me to say hello to you too. Happy and, money. Uh, there, and everybody, everybody loves you, and and, and I'm uh, one of those people. So. All right, so you're a Bronx boy, so I want to yes. talk to you about how this all started for you. Okay. Okay, so you're a kid in school. What do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, did not know, but always was, uh, was caught singing in the hallways and the bathrooms with the black guys in the projects. And uh, Have uh, you done musicals? <clears throat> I have. When I first started out doing uh, musical theater in, uh, in uh, upstate New York and in Brookfield, Connecticut. Where, where upstate New York were you doing? We used to spend uh, summers, it sounds so terribly glamorous but there were little shacks that were near a lake but it was about 50 miles north of the city near brewster new york putnam lake but brewster new york is putnam. that girl putnam but, lake. But yes right that's yes. marlo thomas yes. was brewster new york yeah. but uh, and i spent all my summers in the catskills i was just talking well, that, about that's that. the thing everybody either went upstate they went to the catskills or they went down to the shore or they went out right. to the rockaways or, or they stayed in the city because they had well, no money you know my folks didn't they didn't have a lot of dough but they scraped together whatever they could and and they uh, they rented little bungalows and there'd be like uh, seven thousand of us in one little, yeah. in one little shack and uh, <laughs> but you're about a, a block and a half away from an incredible lake and it was it was it was uh, it was our it was our dirty dancing period it, it was you know? it was the best times ever it was amazing and my that's yeah. kind of where the bug started for me i uh I've been uh, singing ever since I was a kid, and uh, the way the way uh, I the only story I got, yeah. and I'm sticking to it, <laughs> is uh, <clears throat> I was a member of the police athletic league, where that was a group that of cops that used to uh, grab kids up, and uh, not that they were in trouble, but give them things to do, and they uh, they put a broomstick through a door buck when I was about eight years old, and that anybody can walk under here, and uh, and wants to make three hundred bucks a week, so we all ran. And then the uh, wait. What does that mean? <coughs> well, they asked. They asked us if we what could, does it if, mean? if we were no taller than what was across oh, the oh, door oh, buck, uh -huh. and walk under there. And I and I did. And, and they uh, they gave us the initial deal. The first people came along, and we did a little how now brown cow to see <laughs> if you could uh, enunciate. And uh, and they asked if you could sing. And they, uh, so I sang a song by uh, um, Little Anthony. No, not Little Anthony. Uh, um, oh, Jesus. Uh, one of, one of these old old rock and roll. Oh, Why Do Fools Fall in Love, Frankie Lyman. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, as it turned out, I became the... Uh, Did you have that falsetto? I became the final... Yeah, I still have it. I, uh, I, um, I became the finalist in the old New York City, and my mom uh, brought me down to... And we had no... I had no idea what this was all about at the time. Yeah. Down when I was eight years old, down to the Majestic Theater down on Broadway. I remember. And I spent two and a half days down there. Uh, uh, I auditioned for the role of Winthrop in The Music Man with Robert Preston. Wow. Oh and uh, the two other kids that were there, it's a crazy story, two other kids that were there with us was a kid named Eddie Hodges, uh -huh. yeah. who eventually wound up getting the role on Broadway. Wow. And then he went on to do uh, a song called High Hopes with Frank Sinatra. And the film. Yes. <coughs> and the other, the other, the other kid uh, that... Uh, that was there. He was a couple of three years younger than us. Was a little redheaded kid by the name of Ron Howard. Oh, oh stop! So the the way the story goes uh, is that Ron uh, Eddie Hodges, Eddie, no, but he lived well. He was he was there. His, his folks uh -huh. had a play. I don't know exactly uh, uh, where he was uh, from. And his folks were originally from out here in Burbank, but his mom and dad had been in the business. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, Eddie Hodges wound up getting the role on 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 Broadway. Ron Howard, Ron Howard played him in the movie. And I went back to the projects. 
And then 35, 30 years, some odd years later, I, I wound up running into Ron Howard, working for him five times. And, and uh, he said, uh, Jack, it's nice to meet you. And I said, well, we've met before. You know, and we relayed that story, and I've, I've, been, I've been friendly with him ever since. But that's where it, kind of where it started. And then, Did he uh, remember that day? I don't, I think he remembered maybe the experience, but, mm -hmm. you know, he yeah. might have remembered it because he wanted to get in the movie. Yeah. I remembered it because I wanted up going back to the projects. But uh, <laughs> uh, that was the, uh, that was the first taste I had of it uh, when I was eight years old. So was that the first dream, <coughs> like, I want to do this? Well, for me, when, when I, when I saw, I was sitting with my dad, and uh, it's an incredible memory. I remember watching and, and seeing uh, uh, James Cagney uh, dance down the steps of the White House mm. in Yankee Doodle Dan. Yeah. And I remember saying to him, that's that's I want to be that guy. Yeah, you know now I mean that was James Cagney was James Cagney, but that was the the memory that I have that that kind of stayed with me. And uh, did you study? Did you? No, no, I, I no acting, no singing, no dance. No, no, no. no. You did you, no. you just study. You grow up in the Bronx. You meet every <laughs> kind of character there is. You know. In fact, the only acting class I ever took was a little bit later on. Once I, after I was on the fire department in New mm -hmm. York, I uh, took an acting class because I was chasing a girl. Uh -huh. I was the motivation, <laughs> and it worked out okay. Uh, but uh, it was uh, mainly geared towards theater, and uh, and I, uh, that was that was the only acting class I ever took. Okay, so so you're in the Bronx. You ha you have this love, but you end up becoming a fireman. Yeah, you you know, yeah, I didn't know. I st I mean, now I, I kind of know what what I can uh, what what I'm capable of, mm -hmm. uh, and I've realized some some great dreams. But I didn't yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was a kid. He's mm -hmm. just you know, you're a kid growing up. I was the youngest of eight, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I wound up. Uh, Were you in a long line of firemen? Was it? Well, all my brothers, my brothers, knew the cops are firemen. Yeah. Well, then it makes sense that you ended up on my favorite show on television, on Rescue Me. Well, oddly enough, that's uh, that's uh, that's an odd thing. The other guy that was supposed to play that role was Lenny Clark. I know Lenny oh. Clark. Lenny Clark. Uh, I had met Lenny because I did an episode of his show that he had on the air, and I read where they were doing the show Rescue Me, and Lenny Clark was involved, so I had sent him a, a message, and. Uh, is seeing if there was anything available, and I don't, I very rarely do that, mm -hmm. but the show was about New York firemen, mm -hmm. and uh, Lenny never got back to me, so about a month later, from my neighbor says, hey, there's a great role in this Rescue Me uh, that I think you'd be right for, so I called Lenny up, and I left a message, and I actually got him, I said, Lenny, I, said, I, I called you a month ago, see if there's anything, he said, I can't believe you're calling me today, I says, why? He said, well, because I just found out that the show that I was up for, he got, it got picked up. Uh -huh. And they're looking for this guy to play the chief. So that's the way that kind of connection I went down. I read for them. And, and long story short, I, I wound up getting, uh, getting that role. So it was I have a question for you about that. Do you believe <coughs> in, in your belief system, was that God's will that you make that fun? Was that you? Was that self-will? that you put yourself out there and you decided to make that call? Was that God directing you to do it? What, what's your belief you on know, that? You I, know, I, I don't, I don't know, because uh, uh, the one thing I do know is God is, is he's old <laughs> and he's busy, <laughs> you know? Uh, and like, busy, and the truth is, like I had said before, the last thing in the world I do, I've been very fortunate. I don't contact uh, Ron Howard three or four times a year. I don't mm -hmm. contact oh, I should stop. people I've worked <laughs> with and, 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 and say to him, hey, you know, I'd like to work. It's, not, it's just not my nature. Okay, so but tell me how it started. So you're a fireman. How do you? How do you? Be, how do you? How do you get into showbiz? Well, I had knocked around doing uh, when I was in my uh, uh, early twenties. Mm -hmm. I was uh, working at a dead end job up in uh, up in Connecticut. Uh, I lived right on the border uh, the, between Brewster, New York, and and Danbury, Connecticut. And uh, a friend of mine came back and he said, "Hey, he gave a flyer for a show called Funny Girl." 
And uh, my wow. brother Bill and I have always loved that show because my brother, my late brother Tom, brought us to that, the first musical we went to, awesome. and we fell in love with it. So we both read for it. And Bill got the, my brother Bill got the part of uh, uh, Nicky Arnstein, wow. and I got the part of the guy who was in love with uh, Fanny Bryce, yeah. but is the song and dance man, Eddie. That. So that's kind of where it started. And then I saw is it. Is this it community theater? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. In Brookfield, mm -hmm. Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a great, great uh, place to learn, mm -hmm. a great place to. Uh, to run around uh, backstage chasing scantily clad <laughs> women, you know. And <coughs> how did and, you and how did your family feel about like? Did you ever get like you're a sissy or anything for doing showbiz? Was was that ever? And were your parents well, supportive of it? Well, yeah. I mean, well, the truth is, it really didn't kick in until I was in my early twenties. Okay. You know, and uh, uh, they they always knew there was some there was always something going on. I've been singing at weddings since I'm a kid, uh, uh, seven or eight years old. You mm -hmm. know, and uh, uh, so it was. It was. It was kind of something I had done, the, where the a little bit of the uh, the questioning. I guess questioning came with, although they were very supportive, was when I decided after being on the fire department. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the fire department was an incredible job. It gave you the opportunity to have uh, paycheck, uh, security, mm -hmm. time off. You know, so I I never in the in the ten years I was on the job, I never found myself not being able to get to an audition. Because you have 50 guys in the firehouse, you could always get somebody to work for you that day, and then you work for them that night. And, so that and did they ever <coughs> give you a hard time about oh, going yeah, to audition? Sure. Yeah, of course. Cause oh, they, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember the first commercial I ever did was the thing that uh, uh, for one of the heads of a two-headed giant for Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheats. <laughs> it was crunchy wheat, nicely sweet. I was crunchy wheat. <laughs> And all the guys in the firehouse, you know, broke my stones because they, uh, <laughs> they would say, oh, the one had a dragon, the one had a monster. So I found out how much money that commercial <laughs> made. And then they all wanted an agent. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so how did, that first, <coughs> how did that first paying gig, acting gig, happen? Well, it happened because I, I, uh, I was uh, involved in a scene study group uh, mm -hmm. down in Manhattan. And uh, the, first, the first showcase that they did, it was kind of pretty much run by run by everybody did something if you weren't on on doing your little scene you were pulling curtains you were doing lights and it was kind of so it, it although it was a great experience i just thought to myself this is i, th I think our time would be better spent to handpick uh let's say eight other actors and do uh uh five ten minute scenes and then instead of being 25 dollars for each uh, back then i asked everybody for a hundred dollars and then we would pay somebody to uh, to do the lights and do the cues and pay somebody else because so you were because you were flush. Well, you had a gig. Not that I was flush. <laughs> I just thought it, it didn't make it didn't make sense because yeah. it wasn't as organized as it could. We also did. We supplied. We rented a limo for the night, and then we put the word out to any agents that would be interested that we would pick them up at their office, make the make the showcase at six thirty until seven thirty, and then get them in and out quick. And uh, I did uh, that uh, that first and one and only showcase, and I. Well, I'm getting a commercial agent from there, and wow. and that's and that's that's what started it. All right, when we come back, we're gonna uh, we're gonna <coughs> talk to Jack about what happened from that first commercial, how he ended up having an IMDb that is longer than Trump's nose. Yeah, yeah, needs its own server. It, yeah, it, but his it, is it, still growing. His is well. I might be semi-retired. You know I don't know. So is your IMDb. Wow. You've got three shows in in, in post-production right now. Three yeah. things happening. So so you're not struggling there in that department. Okay, so we'll be back in in like a minute or two. Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? Hello. I wrote a book called Don't Jump, Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll, and My Fucking Mother. 
not my mother, Andy Stone's mother. Andy Stone is my heroine, and she was addicted to everything pretty much except heroin. Oh my God, oh yes! She just totally captures the excitement of, of rock stars. And famous athletes and famous comedians, sort of an insider's view from the outside. The warmth and wit of Vicky's writing knocked me out. In, in a good way, not, not like Cosby. Too soon? Don't jump. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, and my fucking mother. Damn, that was going to be the name of my book. Vicky wrote a book? Vicki Abelson's long-awaited new book, Don't Jump, is finally here. Don't miss it. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? I like to sing, dance, pretend, and I like to have fun, 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 We're back. So in the break, we're talking about all this great stuff that I want to talk about in, on the air and share with everybody. So Jack was saying that he doesn't reach out and make those calls all the time, but but you made that one important call, that first one that changed everything. Well, I made a call because somebody had told me there was an opportunity, there was something he thought I would be right for, and uh, and I and I made a call just to say, hey, if there's anything, please, you know, just let me know. And uh, and that was with a fellow by the name of Lenny Clark who was originally supposed to play the chief on right. Rescue Me. He's a good friend of Dennis Leary's. Lenny's show had gotten picked up, and the day I called him is when he found out his show got picked up. And he says, you're not going to believe this. My show just got picked up. They're looking for chief, bap, 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 one thing. That's really the only time that I've done that. Okay, so you now, know? speaking about that, so for me, Rescue Me became... It, I think it is my favorite drama of all time because it depicts addiction and recovery. It depicted more realistically than any show I have ever seen anywhere, any movie. Because my favorite scene is when um, Dennis calls his sponsor mm. and he's standing outside of a, th Dennis is standing outside of a bar and he wants to go in. So right. he calls his sponsor and the sponsor talks him down off the bridge mm. and then the, the shot pulls back and the sponsor is standing in front of a bar looking at, wanting to go in. And that's, that's it. Yeah. That's what the whole thing is, right? One addict yeah. helping another. Well, yeah, and sometimes you know, you don't know. You know, if you if you take the uh, the the chance to uh, to care, start to start to care enough about yourself to make that call, mm -hmm. there's always an outside chance that the other person at the other end of the phone might need that call just as much. Absolutely. And so and Jack and I share this this road to re to recovery. Jack's yeah. got twenty two years. Twenty two years. Yeah. I've got fifteen. I'm, I'm a it's little still baby. early though. You know. <laughs> 
it's only Wednesday. Right, and the day's not the day's young. Right, day's young. All right, so so what was the first big gig? What, wh when <coughs> when when did you give up the fire department? Well, I gave it up. Uh, I, I I had done a, a small uh, movie that uh, um, called um, Turk One Eighty Two, or oh, as yeah. my family referred to it, is Jerk One Eighty Two. It was with, uh, oddly enough, it was with Timothy Hutton and. Uh, and uh, Robert Urich, and it was about firemen. It was about the, uh, a movie back then, and that was uh, that was one of the the first things I had uh, had worked on. Then I did a movie that uh, uh, John Patrick Shanley was his first screenplay I know John. that he wrote. Yeah, it was which one? Five Corners. Oh, I played the death sergeant in that while I was still on the fire department. Tony Bill directed, and uh, that was the, the. So I had gotten a couple of jobs, and I just thought, you know, I needed. To, I knew that the amount of work that I that would I would probably better off being there was was out in LA mm -hmm. and you know I was on 10 years and when you're on the fire department you come from that blue collar background mm -hmm. you know they said well you gotta get the, the, the get vested for the pension but it never it really never occurred to me I just uh, I took a leave of absence for a year to cover myself and mm -hmm. by the by the time I had come out here I was out here a year and I had uh, uh, booked about uh, seven or eight jobs so whether they be one day or whether they be uh, something that lasts a little bit longer. You did you did quite a few long stints yeah. in, in quite a few shows. I mean, you were on NYPD Blue for a long time. You've been on Law & Order, Special Victims Unit for a long time. You were in the McCarthy's for a long time. I mean, you've had a lot of long... Yeah, I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been really, really very fortunate. And, uh, and some you know, amazing movies. Some great flicks, yeah. I uh, the the fighter, the fighter, and, unbelievable. You know, uh, and uh, and and uh, Crash also uh, had a small part in Crash. Once again, it's one of these things where uh, I, I try to tell when I go to speak to young kids, actors. I said, you know, go out the door. You don't know who you're going to meet. Bobby Moresco and uh, and uh, Paul Haggis wrote a, a TV series called Easy Streets mm -hmm. that it was on CBS. Had there been cable around at that time, it might still be on the air. Uh. It was about the Westies from from New York and. <clears throat> They called me up. This, this is about a year and a half after the show was gone, mm -hmm. and they say, "Hey, we got a day on on a show uh, 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 about next week." I said, "Okay," and then uh, I'll do it, you know. And uh, I, I had to give them a tickle, say scale, you know. And, but <laughs> but I, I said, "Yeah, sure, I'll do it." And then they called me back an hour later. They said, "We're doing it tomorrow." So I said, "All right," well, you know. So you, I didn't have much notice. So mm -hmm. uh, it, I played the guy who's the uh, the the owner of the gun shop mm -hmm. who sells him the gun that starts off the the the, the madness and the hate and the uh, and the racism and stuff and and that's once again when I, t I tell guys that say well if I'm not going to get my money it's, well, what are you doing Thursday anyway I worked on that show <laughs> for one day and it winds up winning an Academy Award yeah. you know yeah. Whether, you know and, and sometimes that'll lead to other stuff sometimes it doesn't you know the, so uh, have you ever have you ever turned anything down and if you have have you regretted it have you turned anything down uh, not 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 because of a, a creative thing and not because of money Sometimes what, what I've done now, I've decided, I've, I've been doing this a while, that uh, my, uh, my wife and I are, are going to, we just got, we came back from, uh, from AAA today. I want to go to Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. I want to start doing stuff. So we, I we, love we, that people still get the trip tick. Well, I, yeah, five, <laughs> five or six days in, at the end of September. Mm -hmm. And then, then I uh, got to call the uh, Road Diamond, who is uh, representing now, and, and I'm going to say, all right, book me out for these dates. And, and there's not, they're not negotiable. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, you spend thirty some odd years waiting. Oh, they want me. They want me. And then all of a sudden, then you you rearrange your life, and then they, uh, and then all of a sudden, the, the two days before you start work, they say, "Well, we're pushing it a week." Right. So, I don't like turning work down, but uh, the, when it comes to doing stuff that uh, that's important with my wife, checking stuff off a bucket list, I've been fortunate enough now where uh, where I can I can, I can just do that. But. That
were doing earlier on in your career. No, you don't yeah, do that yeah. earlier on because because what you do is you you rearrange your life around it. You know, I've, I've worked plans to go back to and right on Fire Island on the water, and then you get a, the the final word three four days before you're supposed to fly back that I was going to go to. They want me to go to Germany to work on a movie called The International. Mm. Now, it wound up being great because they I went over there and I worked in in Berlin for. Uh, uh, for, I was there for two months. I worked nine days. Wow. So it was like a paid vacation. Wow. They took me up in this great place. My wife come over. We travel because I'd say, well, when am I working next? He says, two and a half weeks. It's two and a half weeks. So we wound up going. We wound up traveling to Amsterdam and to Budapest and to and, uh, it, it, and Prague. And so you, I got to experience that. But uh, most of the time, I, I want to work. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just telling you we were off before. I haven't worked in, 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 in six months. And I just... Uh, I just accepted a, a small little job, you know, and, and it's important for me to put my ego aside and just say, well, it may not be the money, you know, don't you know I'm not, the head will tell you that, but the truth of the matter is, when I know I'm going out the door, my attitude and everything has changed already when I just surrendered to the fact that I'm an actor, there are, there are guys and girls out there that are so talented that they would jump at the opportunity, so who am I, to, so sometimes you just have to re, re Repeat some of the stuff that you've said to other guys and girls. Okay, but now you're, you're saying this in sobriety with recovery <coughs> and working on yourself. When you were back there and you were drunk, did you have that attitude then? Uh, no. No. Okay, so. Who shows up for that? <laughs> Unless I, I showed up at one audition, so a couple of young kids are <laughs> sitting there, they're producers, they were like 14 years <laughs> old, and it was, it, it, the scene required me to come in the door and yell at these couple of guys, and they said, well, can you? I, so, so I went to the door and I just turned around. And they said, well, c can you go outside and come in? I said, well, I'm just going to close the door, you know? He said, no, can you go outside and come in? So I said, all right. So I went outside, and I told the gallery's receptionist, could you step outside for a second? She stepped outside. And I took off all, every bit of clothing other than one bandlon sock, you know? <clears throat> and so I went back in and did this thing. Oh. And I got a call from the agent that afternoon. She says, what did you do? <laughs> and you know what I, I said to her? Listen. I'll handle the creative stuff. You handle the business <laughs> stuff. That's the kind of stuff that that was the worst thing that ever happened. And I'm not really, I'm not proud of it, but it's it's it, it was my experience. You Did know? your drinking ever lose you? Did you ever lose your work? Did you ever get fired? You know, I don't know. Oh uh, mm -hmm. no, I, I got asked if I would go see a doctor at, at one point, uh -huh. and I went back later on down the line when uh, when the, when the light came on, and I I thanked those guys for uh, for um, uh, uh, trying to take care of me when I couldn't take care of myself. Did you, so you would show up to work and be drunk? I don't know if I'd be, be was drunk, but I, I certainly was un, still under the influence. But you'd be able to do it. So you were such a skilled actor, you were able to do it. I don't know. I'm not uh -huh. uh, uh, to this day. I'm not comfortable with what looking some of this stuff. That and I, and I believe me, the work that I did, I wasn't always uh, low. Right. But if you if you have this this thing where you're, you know, you're uh, you're altered. And you uh, and you know it. Mm -hmm. uh, you're not as prepared. You're not. You're not. Uh, uh, you're not there for the other fellow actors and mm -hmm. the and the guy that's pulling cable and the and the young girl that's doing craft service. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think for one minute that uh, that you're you're more important as somebody that's in front of the camera than the people that pull the cable and, and run this stuff, you, you're missing the magic of what the what the business is all about. I love that. That's Jack. the juice. And so, do you feel? Yes, I agree with you. Do you feel differently now that? Like the last 22 years, like you know you're prepared, you know you're doing your best work, you know you're putting, your, you know you're being respectful to everybody. I mean, well, that's the 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 third thing you said is it. Go in. What am I bringing to the party? 
you know <clears throat> and sometimes I don't feel prepared. I never I don't think maybe I don't ever really feel prepared I'm always always oh, geez, I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna get this right I'm not gonna what's it mm. you know writing writing notes down if I always like to if I, I play a lot of cops so you know, they always have a book with it mm. gotta take their <laughs> notes so I'm always writing my dialogue in there but usually by the time we, we it goes mm. and and when we're doing it I have the dialogue down of it's course. still that that scared little boy is mm. still there uh, Every time I go out the door, you know. I think that's a good thing. I think I think well, that gives you an edge. I think. I well, like it, that. yeah, it also it also makes you work a little bit harder, mm -hmm. and it's also stay humble. Once, I think one of the things that I've been I've been fortunate enough to do is when I go onto the set, ev nobody nobody uh, uh, gets out without me breaking their stones <laughs> and, and making them feel like they're part. Of the of the, of the piece of work that we're doing. Would and you I please do it to Vicky? Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, I will. I'm going to work on it. By the way, before we started this, I saw the act. You are my new all-time idol. <laughs> <laughs> but that's 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 the thing that's uh, and it all it all came with it all came with with uh, uh, for me with uh, with sobriety and and uh, and the, like I said, just he touched and said, I think we got something else planned for you. So is there anything anything along the way that's been like a favorite? Do you have like one thing that you've done that stands most proud of or, or the experience was the most moving for you? Or I, uh, I, I was sober a little over a year and uh, there was a camp out up in uh, Sycamore Cove, Cocaine Anonymous camp out, a bunch of cocaine addicts up on the beach. <laughs> and <coughs> I had planned on going and... Uh, I got a call from a friend of mine. I said, hey, everybody's asking me up here about it. So I threw a bunch of stuff in the car, and I drove up there. And uh, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't. I met my wife up there. Oh. I met my wife on the 3rd of August, and I asked her to marry me on the 19th. Get no. out. Yeah. Well, I was Stop a cocaine it. addict, so that has to happen <laughs> quick. Okay. You know. And, uh, and I've been, we've been married over 20 years now, and I'm crazy. <laughs> than I was when I left it two hours ago. Oh yeah, 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 I love this story I so much, it. and and I in God, so God's will meant to be. Well, keep in mind too. I'll say to you a lot of times, "Hey, babe, how you doing this morning? What can I do to stay better?" She says, "You can stay out of it." <laughs> you know, yeah. so she there has that going for. Yeah. Her, you know? All right, I have a last question for you because we're we're almost out of time. Yeah. Is there? Do you have a guilty pleasure? Is there anything that you love to eat, to do, to drink, to wear that you know you you hope nobody sees you when you're doing it? I love singing. I love hockey. Uh, I just had an experience yesterday with. Do you with play hockey still? No, I don't no. play. I, I was horrible at it. <laughs> but I coached the fire department hockey team, and I've been mm. a hockey fan all my life. And uh, and uh, I, I had an experience, like I said, yesterday, where there was a guy that that, that had come into one of the rooms, and uh, he needs some help. So I I dragged him around for a while, and you know he was thinking, oh, I got to get. All right, I'll, I'll give him a half an hour, and then I think to myself, what are you doing today anyway? My primary purpose is to help somebody else out, and I wound up getting be able to get him into a sober living house. And I mm. saw him, and he gave him some old, some clothes and stuff, and gave him some shaving gear and stuff. And boy, I saw him today, and contacted his sister who was going to make sure that the paint was there. And so I got to I got to be a part of uh, maybe maybe seeing that light come on for uh, for somebody else, and uh, and they can uh, be as happy and joyous and free as I am. That's a beautiful thing, Jack, and you're a beautiful man. And I, I thank you for being of service to me uh -huh. and saying yes and showing up. And uh, Can I we ask him to sing? I, would, would you sing a, a couple bars on the way out? Sure. <coughs> Look at the ivy on the old clinging wall. Look at the flowers 
and the green grass so tall. It's not a matter when push comes to shove. Oh, baby, at the wings of a dove. And I'm looking at warm love. Whoa, ho, ho, ho. And I'm tell you it's warm love. Mm-hmm. Woo, Jack McGee. That was awesome. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Thanks for asking. <laughs> we'll be right back. Oh, that was Thank great. You. That was great. fantastic. That's what I tried to say. here for Zinna TV on the show Absolutely Jason Stewart every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Big guests, everyone from the gayest to the straightest to straight. David, uh, oh, what was his name? He's absolutely Jason, he's absolutely gay, he'll absolutely brighten Well, welcome back to The Road Taken. Louise, love this man. Oh, he is adorable. Ay, 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 I love this man. Okay, so so take away from me with Jack mm. um, is all, for me, it's all about showing up and being of service. And I know that wasn't always the case, but 22 years is a pretty long time. And I love that story he just closed with about... Uh, the kid that you know oh, he didn't really want to do it but he's going to show up for the guy and then he's going to get him in sober living and he's going to get him shaved and he's going to ch- on him the next you know that and he's going to show up for me on it's like 12 hours no 20 y- you hours heard notice. his motto what are you doing thursday <laughs> anyway so I go like, and, and it sounds like even before he had sobriety and recovery it sounds like that's the guy he was even before because just show up and do it you know like he said yeah he would be late and he would do some pranks and maybe he was a little lazy and do do some wild things but he had to show up to get an imdb like that yeah i mean i think the guy gets it done you yeah. know that's his thing mm-hmm. you just get it done mm-hmm. 
but I, I, I'm not in recovery, but learned from you and from my other friends who are in recovery is it seems like that the people who get the most out of it, like not just recovery, but mm-hmm. all, like a life map or wisdom mm-hmm. are, are the people who are the most plugged into who see that this is not just about recovery. This is about self-improvement in every possible way which and the light that you bring into the world which is exactly what what the program it, the program it, exactly what it does is it it's it's a roadmap for life it's it, because it's about everything it's mm-hmm. not just about not picking up a drink or a drug it's a joint it, it's about showing up for people mm-hmm. it's about contrary action and like tonight I'm at when I leave here I'm going to go pick up my friend Emmy at the airport and mm-hmm. when she asked me yes last night if I would do it my first reaction was I don't really want to go from the show to go to the airport and have to hang around for an hour and a half and it would be much easier to say no I, I can't so I did she have Uber well <laughs> well the thing is but you know I like showing up for her, and she shows up for me. She okay. shows up to women who write, and she shoots it. She's going to fill in for you oh. next week when you're when you're away. And you know, the thing is about showing up for people. That's not my default. My default is to be lazy. My default is to think about me. But I have learned that the contrary action, the better action, is to show up and say yes. And it makes you happier, ultimately. It it does. Because if I say no, and I sit there and I eat bonbons and I watch Netflix, I'm going to feel guilty, uh, you know, and I'm not really going to enjoy it. But if I go and I'm tired and I don't really want to hang out at the airport for an hour and a half, I'll find find a way to fill the time, and then I'm going to be so happy that I showed up for her. I don't think you're going to be tired. I think you're going to be invigorated after this, and you're going to be happy to talk with her about it. So I am. you're sharing, and 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 that's the truth. Yeah. And and I, and and that's kind of what I get from Jack. Is I believe he is his best self. I yeah. mean, in every instance, as I said, when I invited him to Women Who Write, he had never written anything. He sat down, and, and he's not a woman. <laughs> he is not. This guy gives. He's, he he. And the men who serve us. Ah, yes. And he served us. 